Well, guess what I'm going to preach on today? I think I'll talk about Christmas. We hear a lot of messages about Mary and a lot of messages about Jesus. Of course, we should at Christmas time. You don't hear much about Joseph. Not much about Joseph. There's two Josephs in the Bible, one in the Old Testament, one in the New, that are prominent. You know about the Old Testament Joseph. Um, But the New Testament Joseph is not focused on much, but I've discovered this was an incredible man of faith. Incredible. And I'm going to talk about him today. I'm going to call this a Joseph Christmas. Because we'll just assimilate some of what was in him. We'll have a great Christmas. Um, Matthew and Luke are the two Gospels that give us the recording of the Christmas story. Matthew focuses on the Christmas story from Joseph's point of view, and that's what I'm going to talk about today. Luke focuses on the Christmas story from Mary's point of view. In Luke, we find uh, the angel appearing to Mary and telling her what was going to happen and her saying, be it unto me according to thy word. Listen, this couple, Mary and Joseph, had an awesome faith. You got to put yourself in their sandals. Amen? So I'm going to read out of Matthew 1, 18 and 25. Let's just zip right through it. And then I'm going to bring out three things about Joseph today that are just powerful. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Uh Uh-oh. If I'm Joseph, I got an issue here. Okay? Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. Because he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive. Now that right there is is a crazy statement. A virgin will conceive. So now we're confronted with a miracle. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel. Which means God with us. And when Joseph woke up. Look what he did. He did exactly what the angel of the Lord had commanded him. He took Mary home as his wife, but he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus, Jesus, Savior, Yeshua in the Hebrew, Savior. Amen. Father, thank you for the miracle of Christmas. We praise you for it. We thank you for it. Lord, visit us with the Holy Spirit right now and open our eyes and open our ears and open our hearts to to grasp the gravity and the miracle that is Christmas. In Jesus' name, will you breathe a prayer, church, and say, Lord, I receive your word. Speak to my heart and change my life today. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell him Merry Christmas one more time. Amen. Amen, amen. How many of you have gotten your Christmas shopping done? 
How many of you are cheaters and you're going to have to go when it's nightmare at the mall? Come on, tell the truth. Okay, I'm in there. I'm in there. Pray for me. I don't do well waiting. Have you ever noticed, I don't know about you, but God tests me with patience. You know, I'll go to the store with every intention to get through it quickly and I'll go and get my stuff fast, and I'll go at an hour when I know there's not going to be very many people, and I get in the line, and right in front of me is a woman with three carriages full. And once they've run everything through it and got it all added up, her card doesn't work. I mean, come on. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And you either put on Jesus or you, or you get in the flesh. So pray for me. I'm going to the mall. Now... You'll also notice with me today that the Old Testament begins with a miracle and so does the New Testament. It begins with an irrefutable miracle. The Old Testament, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. New Testament, we're confronted with a supernatural conception. We call it the immaculate conception. A miracle of the old, a miracle of the beginning of the new. From the beginning to the end, The Bible is a supernatural book attesting to a supernatural God who does supernatural things. And there's no other way to get around it. The Bible is a supernatural book that gives us supernatural miracles from beginning to end. Now, the three main characters in the Christmas story, essentially, are Mary, Joseph, and, of course, Jesus is the center, the core of the Christmas story. But aside from him, Mary and Joseph. And like I said, we don't really hear about Joseph much. We hear about Mary, and the Catholic Church has really promoted Mary uh, to the, almost to the point of deity, but not Joseph. Not Joseph. So I'm going to point out three things about Joseph's life that I find in the, in the, the record that, that Matthew gives us. Because as I said, Matthew gives us the Christmas story from the viewpoint of Joseph. Now we're going to see his love, we're going to see his faith, and we're going to see his obedience. And if we will do what we're going to find in Joseph's life, like I said, we're going to have a blessed Christmas. How many of you want a blessed Christmas? It's not what you receive in a present. It's what you receive from God. God's gifts are the best. Every good and every perfect gift comes down from above, from the Father of lights, in whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of change. Now let's talk about his love, Joseph's love. In Luke's account, we're told that the visitation of the angel Gabriel took place with Mary, and Mary was told, you're going to bring forth a very, very special boy. As a matter of fact, he's going to be the savior of the world, and it's going to be a supernatural conception, Mary, because she said, how will these things be? And the angel Gabriel said to her, the Holy Spirit is going to overshadow you. And that holy thing conceived in you is going to be the very son of God. And full of faith, this little teenage girl said, be it unto me. Can we say that together? Be it unto me. When God tells us he's going to do something that we can't imagine, that that it's got to be supernatural, we need to step in there with Mary and say, you know what? Be it unto me according to thy word. I don't understand it. I don't see how you're going to do it. But be it unto me according to thy word. Amen? How many of you are believing for a supernatural something this Christmas season? All right? Can we just look up and say, Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. Now, in Luke's account, 
What the angel told her happens. Holy Spirit overshadows her, and she conceives, and she realizes, I'm pregnant. Now, folks, we're on holy ground here. We're on holy ground. You either believe in Christmas in the commercial sense, just a time off from work, time to party hardy, time to go have a good time, look at all the lights and be with family and get some presents under the tree, or or you go to the core and the crux and the real meaning of Christmas, and it's on miracle ground. She realized she was pregnant, but not naturally. The Holy Spirit of God had overshadowed her. And God said, let there be. And somehow in God's miraculous dealings, he took his son from heaven and put his DNA and genetic code into her. And that which was conceived in her was literally conceived supernaturally by the Holy Spirit. That's how the New Testament opens. A miracle. Now, about a month later, she found out that her cousin Elizabeth was also pregnant, and Elizabeth was pregnant with John the Baptist, and she was further along. So it says that Mary went to visit her, and we're told in the Bible that Mary stayed there for three months. So when she went there, she was a month pregnant, so she wasn't showing. But she's there for three months, so now let's do the math. When she comes back home, she's four months pregnant, and she is showing. And then Joseph comes to look her up. Hey, honey, how was it at Elizabeth? And he took one look down and he went, uh-oh, what is this? What is this? Now, I want you to keep in mind something here, that Joseph knew nothing. We are not told she told him anything about the visitation of Gabriel to her. She has told him nothing about the supernatural conception. She has not told him about the pregnancy. She went and told Elizabeth about it. And the two women got together, as women are wont to do. And they talked. I know my baby's supernatural. Elizabeth said to Mary, and Mary said, I got one up on you. Mine is more supernatural because mine was a supernatural conception. And these two women who God chose to bring these two very special human beings into the world talked and shared together and prayed together for three months. And so here she comes back home and her tummy had grown. She's four months, Matthew records, before they came together as husband and wife, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Well, who found it? Joseph did. Let this sink in. This was like Joseph being hit with a baseball bat. He didn't know anything. He and Mary were betrothed, which in that day and age was way more serious than an engagement in our culture. When you were betrothed, it meant that they had given public and binding vows to each other, and it was as good as married without the physical intimacy. Betrothed. So in Joseph's mind, he took one look, and he thought that she had committed adultery. The love of his life had been messing around. That's exactly what he thought. Exactly. How can this be? She'd been unfaithful. I thought I knew you better, Mary. How could you do this to me? He didn't know with whom... But we can only imagine his reaction when Mary said, well, honey, God did it. 
Come on, guys. How many of you guys would say, say what? Are you kidding me? Do you think that I'm stupid? Do I have stupid on my forehead? You're telling me that God, is this some kind of a bad joke? Are you kidding me? God did it? What a way out. Now, the Bible tells us that Joseph was faithful to the law of Moses. And according to the law of Moses, a woman engaged to a man who willingly had sexual relations with another man was to be stoned to death. That's why they took this woman caught in adultery and threw her at Jesus' feet and said she should be stoned. It was Moses' law. Now, in Jesus' time, by the time this all went down, stoning had become somewhat passe, but public disgracing and social ostracism were alive and well. And that's why it says that Joseph did not want to expose her to public disgrace, so he had in mind to divorce her quietly. That tells us what he believed. It tells us what he believed. You were unfaithful. I'm divorcing you. It's over. Sorry. How could you? Many men would have wanted to crucify her, to vent their fury on her, but not Joseph. And that's what I want to point out about this man at this Christmas season. His desire was to cover her sin and break it off privately. And we see the depth of his love. See, love covers. The flesh condemns. The flesh accuses. The flesh wants to see you get yours. But love covers. Amen? Can you say with me, love covers? How many of you are thankful that this week, somewhere along the way, you had to say, Jesus, forgive me, and his love covered your sin? Come on. His blood. And, you know, I had to think, as I was looking at this part of Joseph's life, I had to think of the contrast between him and our culture today, our society. Have you noticed that we live in a gotcha, finger-pointing culture right now? Have you noticed that? I mean, if you're looking for mercy, you're not going to find it in the United States of America because mercy is not reigning. And you know why there's no mercy in America? Because America has rejected Jesus Christ who taught forgiveness. And that's why there's no mercy. You look at all the finger pointing and all the condemning and all the accusing and, and, you know, they should go to jail. They should this. They should resign. They should quit. They should this. They should that. Everybody wanting the offender to get theirs. Because there's no, there's a dearth of mercy in America. That's the high price for low living. If you reject Jesus Christ, you also reject his teachings and thank God for the teachings of Jesus. They are a light. They are like a bright spotlight. Forgive one another even as I have forgiven you, he said. If our, if our culture would just embrace that, just embrace just that part of Jesus' teaching. What a wonderful, much better nation we'd be living in. The nation that's so big on tolerance is intolerantly intolerant. But not if you walk with Jesus. You know, I look at, I look at families, and I know of families who have rejected Jesus, who don't walk with Jesus, and then I know so many who do. And I can't tell you the difference. You'll see an offense happen in the family that walks with Jesus. And there is immediate pressure from heaven to forgive and make things right. And, and the offenses come and the offenses go because they are forgiven, because we're under the teaching of the one who called himself the light of the world, who taught like no man ever taught, who spoke like no man ever spoke. 
But you look at the ones who don't know Jesus, and a little offense will happen, and it will separate them for 10 years. Oh, he's light. He's like these lights times a million. His teaching, his person, his grace, his glory. The Bible says that Joseph forgave, and he wanted to divorce her privately. But the next thing we see is his faith. And by the way, no wonder God chose this man to raise his boy. Joseph was a hard worker. He had an incredible work ethic. He was a blue-collar carpenter. Joseph walked in love. He walked in forgiveness. He walked in mercy. What a role model. Jesus grew up watching this man. Now, the next thing we see about Joseph is his faith. The Bible says that after learning of her pregnancy and thinking, well, it's over for us, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her, Joseph, is from the Holy Spirit. In other words, Joseph, she wasn't messing around. What she told you is true. Joseph, I'm letting you know that your fiancé is carrying the Son of God. Whoa. She will give birth to a son, Joseph, and you're to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. The angel Gabriel told Mary to name him Jesus, and now the angel is telling Joseph to marry him Jesus or to call him Jesus. So now, how would you feel waking up from a dream like that? He had a dream. Your fiance, who's pregnant, who you're about to divorce, she's carrying the very son of God. She's fulfilling, this is the fulfillment of a Bible prophecy. Before there were sonograms, Joseph knew that it would be a boy. And on top of that, this baby boy was the fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy that said, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. And Joseph's fiance was that virgin, never to happen again in history and never before in all of history had this ever happened unprecedented in all of the history of mankind. Joseph's fiance was that virgin that Isaiah saw centuries before. And he was literally going to save humankind from the consequences and power of sin. Staggering. This is staggering. What a dream. Unprecedented. Never to be repeated again. What a dream to have. And you know what? I know people and I know the devil. And this is the kind of dream the devil would jump all over. Don't you know when he woke up, I can just hear the devil speaking to him in his mind. Are you kidding me, Joseph? God did this? You had too much pizza last night, Joseph. Are you really going to buy this cockamamie story? Really? Come on, Joseph. And what about his friends? I know, guys. What about his friends? They see the baby bump. They look at her. They look at Joseph. Joseph says, I didn't do it. Well, who did? God. Can you imagine his friends? Now, let's just, we're not reading about people that aren't normal people. We're reading about normal people in normal life, and God has intervened in history in a supernatural way. So here's his friends. Are you crazy, dude? She's been messing around on you, and you're going to believe this story that it's from God? What's wrong with you? Come on, Joseph. Wake up. Walk away. 
Find somebody else. I was thinking, she's four months along. She got five to go. In those five months, this couple experienced mockery, ridicule, social ostracism, rejection. This sent shockwaves for their community. And even after he was born and they were married, there was still the rumor, hey, you know, you, you, you see that Jesus kid? He was conceived way before they were married. They went through this for years. They paid a price. They paid a price for receiving God's will and God's purpose and God's plan. They paid a high price that many of us are not willing to pay. We don't like people talking about us. We don't like rejection. We want to be accepted. We want to be loved. But they were willing, they were willing to pay this price in order for God's plan to come to pass. Now, I wonder how, how much we're willing to sacrifice for God's plan in our life to come to pass. Because, you see, they received the baby Jesus, but we have received Jesus in our heart. There was a real baby conceived in her womb, but there is a real son of God conceived in our spirit. And, and it's the same thing. We have received the Son of God into our spirit. We, we are pregnant with new life. We are pregnant with the life of God. We are pregnant with the life of heaven. Come on, everybody. So, so I want to encourage you today, as the new year is right up on us, to decide what they decided. They decided whatever God's will is, it's worth rejection. It's worth ridicule. It's worth mockery, if need be. I want us to be willing. I want us to have the same mind. Are, are you willing to suffer rejection for accepting Christ like they were for accepting Christ? If need be. If need be. Joseph was a great man of God. He said, honey, I know that this is of God. I know what happened is of the Holy Spirit. You and me, we're going to walk through this together. And they did. And they brought forth into the world their cooperation with God the Son of God, who we worship today, who we worship today. Which brings me to the last thing about this great man, his obedience. Joseph, being roused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife. Once the origin of Mary's child was confirmed to him by heaven, then Joseph obeyed God and moved forward to marry her. Do you realize what faith that took, everybody? Do you realize what faith that took? Come on, let, let, let's think like human beings. Can, do, can you imagine the faith that that took? Honey, you're, you're four months pregnant. I now believe it's from God. I now believe in you, dear. I believe in your character. I believe in your goodness. I don't believe you would have done anything wrong. I, I not only receive God's word, I receive you. And listen to this. In receiving her, he also received Jesus to raise him as his own son, though he was not the father. Amen. If Jesus, you're going to be my boy. When he was born, he said, son. I think that their faith and their obedience are breathtaking. So he obeyed God. He woke up and he said, we're getting married. We're getting married. I'm over it. I, God talked to me in a dream. We're over it. I know, the real, I know the real scoop now. We're getting married. And so for five months more, he watched her get great with child. And, and he stuck right there with her and helped her. 
And then we all know the rest of the story. It went to that sacred scene of Joseph and Mary behind the hotel because there was no room for them in the inn. All that is back there are animals tied up and a starry sky for their covering. And I want you to consider that Joseph full well knew as he said, come on, honey, push, push, because nobody was back there to help them. It was just him and her. Push, honey, that the baby being born was supernaturally conceived, that in fact he was the savior of the world. And don't you know when Jesus was born, he took him in his arms, Joseph did, and looked into the face of God. You did good, sweetie. You did good. Nobody's out there, nobody watching as a type of the way it would be for the rest of the world's time before he returns again. There wasn't any room for him. People didn't have any room for him. Wasn't any room in the end. They had to go around back. And I've often thought, what a foreshadowing of the way it would be. So many times we got no room for him in our heart. No room for, for him in our schedule. No room for him in our life. But if you do receive him like they did, angels sing, light shines, peace comes, joy visits your heart, darkness is chased away celebration and true happiness. You want to be happy? Let Jesus have his way with your life. You want to be happy? Amen. Can we stand together today? And I I was praying on the way here. I said, Lord, how do you want me to end this? And I really felt he wanted me to end this with a challenge to all of us. How many of you would like to walk in the kind of love Joseph did? Amen. How about the kind of faith Joseph did? I believe the word of the Lord, no matter what the world says. And how about the obedience of Joseph? I'm going to obey the word of God no matter what. Amen. If we'll do that, I guarantee you, you will be happy. You will be happy. Amen. Let's lift our hands to the Lord today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we stand amazed at the move of God, how you invaded the planet, how you penetrated the culture, how you visited a little teenage girl in whom you had placed incredible faith. And you had joined her to a man who also had incredible faith. You set the stage and set the scene and all the pieces were in place when you gave your son to live with us, hurt with us, die for us, and rise again for us. Now, Lord, we come to you and ask you, help us have a Joseph Christmas and, Lord, a Joseph year. Now let's lift our hands to the Lord and just say with me, Lord, help me to walk in the love that Joseph had, in the faith that Joseph had, and in the obedience that he observed. Lord, help me to walk like he did, for he walked like you did. 
in the name of Jesus.